Welcome to the Warm Down, episode 24, game week six. Uh, we're going to go through uh, the, the games that happened in game week six. Uh, my name is Dave. I'm with Rem t- today. Uh, first, going to go through the fixtures that will happen. Uh, so it was Chelsea versus Man City. Uh, Man United versus Aston Villa. Everton versus Norwich. Leeds United versus West Ham. Leicester at home against Burnley. Watford versus Newcastle and Brentford entertained at home at Liverpool. On the Sunday, it was Southampton at home to Wolves and then the North London derby, Arsenal versus Spurs. And then the Monday night game, the derby, Crystal Palace against Brighton. So out of the game list today, we're going to analyse and break down two games. Uh, It's going to be the North London derby, Arsenal versus uh, Spurs and Chelsea at Man City. We're going to start off with the Arsenal game. Arsenal comprehensively beating Spurs. I know know you're not going to like that, Rem, but uh, they won 3-1. Really, really good performance. So we're going to start off with the goals. The first goal from Emily Smith-Rowe. Lovely uh, attack from Saka down the right-hand side. He's seen um, Emily Smith-Rowe just emerging in, uh, in the middle of the goal and just slotted it into an open net. Spurs defence was all over the place. And then the second goal came from Pierre Bangyang in the 27th minute. Lovely counter-attack uh, from the halfway line. A little flick of Bangyang into to Smith-Rowe and then Smith-Rowe uh, passed the ball. I think Bangyang kind of scuffed the ball, but it was enough to kind of slot it to the bottom of the net um, for the second goal. And then Bukayo Sako uh, made it three. Um, on the 34th minute, it was kind of uh, getting into the box. It's a good tackle from one of the defenders from Spurs, but then it ricocheted back to uh, Saka, and Saka was managed to slot it to the, the bottom bottom corner. And then in the second half, Song managed to get a goal, a consolation strike uh, to make it 3-1. But it ended 3-1, you know, comprehensive win for Ar- for Arsenal. Not a good, not good game in the office for Spurs. But it's the best place to start with this game. What went wrong, Rem? Um, <clears throat> everything. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know, man. Just, I, I do know what went wrong, as I said, everything. You just can't start a football match like that, let alone a derby. We remember we used to say teams get up for derbies and that, and you know, they can be blood and thunder and, and whatever else. We were just the opposite of that. It was like we were playing in a park somewhere. It was just no passion. Um, we, we didn't have the, the fundamentals, which you need. Then we didn't have the fundamentals in our tactics to even survive 10 minutes in a football match let alone 90 minutes in the full match or 45 minutes in the full match. Um, and as you said, 3-0 down at half-time, the game was over. To be honest, it was over for me anyway because I stopped watching at half-time. So I didn't even know what happened in the second half. I just couldn't. I couldn't take it. I mean, I watched last season the North London derby at Arsenal. And it was just terrible. We were just awful. Um Mourinho set us up as Mourinho does and we just sat back and we were passive and let Arsenal just come on to us and just enjoy the ball. And and it was similar, but 
just 10 times yeah. worse. Um, we started the game just passive, like we just sat back. And then once the first goal went in, we tried to react and we pushed people forward. But we just pushed people forward with no understanding of, of, of position or anything. We had no midfield. The midfield, uh, it was Undembele, Deli Ali, and um, Hoiberg. And I'd just like to say, first of all, about the team selection, he went with Sanchez and Dyer at centre-back. Obviously, cool. the two centre-backs who have got us the free clean sheets mm. at the beginning of the season, which you can understand why he went with that and didn't go throwing Christian Romero for this. Listen, that's an understandable decision. It's an understandable. Whether you agree with it or not, you have to put your... Sh- yourself in his position and, and could see why he would do that. You know, I mean, there's logic behind it. Um, so I didn't really have any qualms with that. I just wanted Tanganga to start right back. He did start right back, but mm. he didn't have a great game anyway. Um, but for me, Oliver Skip was a must. And look, yeah. I spoke about Deli Ali before. We'll get onto it more later on. Um, Oliver Skip should have started instead of Deli Ali. Played Hoiberg and Nabele. And then up front, I know Lucas returned fit, but I would have given the young kid Hill a start because he played well against Wolves. Looks like he wants the ball, shows enthusiasm. Um, and he didn't go with that. Um, but but you, besides you think- away from team selection, sorry, but, uh, aside from team selection, it doesn't matter who's playing. If, if if I don't know whether the players just decided to play like that or they were instructed to set up like that. I mean, Nuno took blame after the game. But, I mean, it was just... It was just awful. As I said, no organisation, no real formation even. It's 4-3-3, but, I mean, that was the widest 4-3-3 I've seen in centre midfield. Deli Ali was basically at right wing. Mm. Um, Undembele was almost left mid we weren't passing it into midfield no midfielders were coming short we weren't making it compact in the middle where people can link up with the ball where people can make challenges and press together without the ball the front three was just non-existent it, it was just the only person in the first half when I watched it was, was Lucas trying to get on the ball but by then, well, I think we were two down. Then Harry Kane lost the ball on the edge of his area. Tried to rectify it by running back. It was him who done the tackle on Saka. Yeah. Okay, he was a bit unlucky. He made a tackle and then next mm. thing he knows, he looks up and the ball's gone away from him and Saka's reacted quickly and then slotted it in. It's just embarrassing. I mean, yeah, just awful. Yeah, I was going to ask because, <clears throat> I mean, look at the team selection going back to that. I would have played Skip. It's just that midfield security, man. And, and I think he understands the importance of this game. And his performances this season has warranted him to play. Uh, I think he made a mistake not, not putting him in there. And I well, take your point. performances, sorry, in, in the last two games, he came on against Chelsea when we, we were getting battered. And, and he played what? He's mm. played in the Carabao Cup against um, Wolves. And he played well. Really well. Was, was probably our man of the match. So, mm. as I said, people are being chosen because of the name. But yeah, go on. Come back to your point, sir. Now, like I said about Skip, I think because of the way he started this season, 
and obviously his performances. And I, and I felt at the beginning of the season, uh, Skip, Hoiberg, and um, I know Deli Ali, but if you replace Deli Ali with Endon Belly, it kind of got, you've got the two of the midfielders going to be able to sit, and then Endon Belly's got the license to to manoeuvre to get, to get forward and link up with, um, with the strike the strikers. But yeah, it was key. It was key for Skip to play because to kind of nullify the threat of the front three from uh, Bang Yang, obviously Saka and, and Smith Rowe. But I was I was unimpressed with the, the performance in terms of the 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 energy that you kind of there was lack of energy urgency from Spurs. Spurs, I kind of forgot this was a North London derby and just almost just rolled over and let Arsenal just dominate. I'm not saying Arsenal played it spectacularly well, because no, they didn't. I'm, I'm sorry, but they didn't. yeah, they didn't but really play. We, we just we were just open as anything. They yeah. turned up to some degree, and we yeah. turned up. We didn't turn up at all in yeah. that first half at all. And you're three 0 down. They step their foot off the gas. They don't need to go for anything in the second half, and they could try and make it as difficult and try and not concede as early as as they can to try and give us hope. Um, yeah. And they didn't. We scored with, what ten minutes left. I mean, before that, Harry Kane had a great chance. That oh, golden opportunity, yeah. And I heard that we should have had a penalty. Also. Um, yeah. But look, it doesn't matter. We didn't deserve nothing from the game just for that first forty-five minutes. It was yeah. that bad. It was that bad. I mean, from an Arsenal perspective, you know, look, the first half was a dream. You just you oh, went off the rails when oh, the first goal went in. I mean, where was the defense for the first goal? I mean. I mean, Emily Rowe was free. The defenders left him and he was an open goal. It was, you know, you lot were exposed. And then from there, I think the floodgates kind of opened. Arsenal got their tails up. They started to dominate and get a foothold in the game. And, and Spurs were just on the, just on the defensive and just didn't offer just, any resistance. Just gaps, man. Look, too we, much we, gaps. as I said, we went to the Emirates last season. We lost 2-1. Mm. And Odegaard scored. And in that mm. game... Odegaard just had all day on the mm. ball. We yeah. no one tried to tackle him. We just sat off last season. This season was even worse because there was no one around him. Mm. We had Hoiberg. At the, I mean, for the second goal, the counter attack. Yeah. Hoiberg, who's supposed to be our deepest midfielder, you would say, yeah. Yeah. Sweeps things up. This guy decides to press. He got a bit unlucky because you could argue maybe he got fouled. Yeah. Yeah. But he tries to press um, Xhaka um, outside their box where they tried to play it short from um, Ramsdale. They got away with it, to be honest. Yeah, But the way they completed the move in the end was was, was brilliant. Um, mm. And obviously, he ended in them scoring a the goal. But just... So once he misses that press and they beat him, there's no midfield. Deli Ali was all the way up. As I said, almost like right wing. Mm. It just, I, I, I just don't understand. I, 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 yeah, I don't understand the tactics. I don't understand anything. It was like you're turning up to lose. You might as mm. well not turn up. We might as well not come. We but might as well just say, hey, look, it's easier, better mm. to just say, hey, look, I have the three points. Yeah. Because I'll tell her and Arsenal. I mean, I'll tell her and Arsenal couldn't believe their luck, especially the first half. And, and you know, I think after being three 0 up in the first half, they kind of went off the, they kind of went back into defensive mode, and you know the chance is, is you know Kane had scored, his chance would have been a closer game. You know, you were kind of creating a few opportunities, um, but I felt Arsenal, you know, they kind of, you know, managed the game, tried to well, well, tried to manage the game in the second half. Yeah, 
Another, first half. another three points for Arsenal. They're building momentum. Three wins, are three. But for Nuno, for Nuno, and because I know you, we spoke before before the, uh, today, um, whether or not you feel Nuno's the right man for the job. Um, look, I said just for this match alone, you should be set. Yeah. And I don't like to say people should be set from that, but this is the one game you just can't. That like, does anyone know that this is a North London derby? Does he know? Do the players know? Like we can talk about Harry Kane all day and his attitude and 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 whatever, but I mean, I, I no one looks like they care. No one looks like they care. No one looks like they get angry with each other. There's no organisation on the pitch. There's no organisation coming from off the pitch. It's just... And... Listen, he's walking off in ice, man. Look, we made a mess of it. And look... I don't know if you want me to go into this story for, for about ninth time. That for the for the last three years, it has been mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. That's that that's all it's been at Tottenham. You were sitting at the table. I was having a discussion with a guy at work. We were sitting at the Champions League table. Mm. Yeah, this is the Champions League table. This is an expensive restaurant. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Where? Lobsters, lobsters, caviar. You remember? No, you remember? We're we're like we're like eating the 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 um. The prawn crackers. You know that you're giving free in the bag? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're not ordering nothing. We're not bringing nothing to the table. We're not mm. paying for nothing. We're not even, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're, just, we're just at the table. And sooner or later, when man see you not bringing nothing to the table, not paying none of the meal, you're going to say, listen, soon, you're gone, mate. Someone else is going to take your place. Yeah. And they know that. And, and, and that's what's happened to us. We just let ourselves just dissolve to going backwards to now we're, we're, we're not wearing some battery alley restaurant. You know what I mean? Like rats running around and shit, like in the kitchen. Dead. Yeah, like we've we just fallen. Like, and, 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 and your, demise, your, your, your yeah. demise now has let hyenas come in and taken over your position. And when I mean hyenas, you're looking at West Ham, you're looking at Leicester. Other... No, nah, but it's not even that because you know what? Yeah, no matter how good they're doing up until this point, they aren't doing what they, they, they're not anywhere near the level that we was at. No, and that's just the truth. That's not me even buying. But the top four it's have become the further top four and further again, away, yeah. and they're going to get him further and further away from us. And but like to get I... back there yeah. now seems like a mission. An absolute but, mission, and to be honest, as I said, mistake after mistake. The the Champions League final ended, no rebuild. Pochettino was sacked. As I said, I would never sack him. I would have finished 15, 14, but I don't care. He has yeah. to stay. He has to stay. Yeah. People have to go. Players have to go. He was the most important player at our club, above anybody. Harry Kane, above Deliay, above yeah. anybody. Um, we didn't do the rebuild. We sacked him. We've got Mourinho, who, just off the back of what happened at Manchester United, why would you want that? Why would you want... Uh, oh, oh, we want to win the trophy. Uh, listen, don't let me get me started on that rubbish. Anyway, So anyway, he comes. Then you sack him before a cup final. Now, as I said, I wanted him gone. 
So I didn't really care that he went before the cup final. But a lot of people out there will say that's just madness what he did. No, nah, I, I mean he, he got you guys to a cup final. He should let it see it, let it see it out. Because I'm not saying it would have had an, an impact on the result, but he got you there. Let him finish it off. But the, the most common denominator with this Tottenham this Tottenham team is Lord Levy. I don't, I'm calling him Levy, yeah. Yeah, obviously, because he's the man that's not going nowhere. He's not going nowhere. People could say, I want him out. He's not going nowhere. What needs to happen is that he needs to get some football people in charge and take away his responsibility. But then again, look, he brings in Paratici, yeah? Yeah. You bring in... You, you, you were talking about this attacking, you want to attack in football again. And da, da. Then you hire an Italian guy. So let's be honest, most Italians are known for defensiveness, yeah? Mm. We were close to getting Fonseca, who's an expressive and attacking manager. Mm. Paratici comes in, cuts the corner on that, yeah? Mm. Says, nah, I don't want that. I want a more defensively responsible manager. Yeah. Then you, you, we were linked with everybody yeah, after that, yeah? Nearly had Conte. Nearly had... Um, I don't know about nearly had... I think there was conversations. Whatever, man. We had conversations. Then Gattuso. Gattuso's and then, and then we end up with Nuno, who is known for, for what he did with Wolves. He made them solid. So he comes now, and then you're asking a defensive manager or a guy who's known for being a defensive manager in the last few years, yeah? Let's just say that, yeah. In his last job, anyway. You, 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 you bring him to us, and then you ask him to be an attacking manager. That doesn't make any sense. What? Why? Why don't you just get an attacking manager if that's what you want, and get in someone who maybe not be a big name, may not be whatever, but that is the brand of football that you want to go forward with. So everyone at least is going in the same direction. But here we've got a chairman who wants this. We've got a director of football who wants that. We've got oh. a manager who being pulled both ways. Mm. It's, 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 it's madness. As I said, I've always said this. As a manager, you've got to do what you believe in. That's the only way you can do your job, knowing that you're doing your job to the 100% capabilities of you. Mm. You understand? You're not doing the job almost reading off somebody else's sheet. You understand? You're just, it's your ideas, what you want to do. That's what it's got to be. But you but can tell, are... like, Nuno, that's what I cut you off, but uh, you can tell when Nuno, is, he hasn't really established what his first team is, and he, it's almost like he's trying to play players into form. I mean, obviously, the Kane situation, but I'd rather see him I like I like the first three games that you you guys played. I mean, the first two, I think that's probably for the time being was your decent team to play. I don't really want to see Deli Ali in the team because I don't think he offers. I think he's he's past it now. You, and don't, I think... you don't want to see. <laughs> I, I I I've had enough. I've had enough, and and then we've got legends like Graham Roberts tweeting out saying, "I agree with Gary Neville and Lindy King that." We've got to push Delhi further forward and get the best out of him. He's dead. Mm. He's not that player no more. Stop trying to act like Delhi is this guy. He's not this guy. Lingard is better than him. Delhi Ali right. was touching superstardom. He was. Yeah. But he's not that guy no more. He's got dreadlocks. 
He's dead. He's shit. He's a fashion dude now, like. That's what he is. I'm yeah. sorry, man. And so I, the, so it's the light, to, to, to the fashion industry, innit? So. I don't like jumping on players that play for my club. I don't like dissing people. But you know what? At the end of the day, they're making me do this because he's playing all the time. He's not good enough. Mm. Even when Mourinho wasn't playing him for him, uh, playing him, sorry, I was not asking for Deli Ali. Never. But you got people saying, look how he's frozen out Deli Ali. Frozen him out. The guy ain't been doing nothing. Mm. From before Mourinho came, he was starting to slow for the last 18 months. And since then, it's just got worse and worse. He, he plays at a tempo like he should be playing in Italy. Mm. Or France or something. To do everything without the ball. If you can get him motivated, yes, he's an athlete, so he'll put himself about. You understand? But is that what it's come to? We just want Deli Ali to put himself about. Because let me tell you something now, he should not be playing anywhere near Harry Kane or, mm. or anywhere near Sun in the attack of areas because he doesn't bring that in. Everything shuts down when it gets to him. Mm. Not good enough, man. And people want to diss Lo Celso. Lo Celso is better than him. So whether you think Lo Celso is great or not, that's whatever. But he's better than him. With yeah. the ball and without the ball, he's better than him. I mean, so, where, do you th- where do you think Nuno goes from here, though? I mean, what, what would be your ideal 11? Well, look, to me, I, I first of all, I said this. After the defeat to Chelsea... I want to see a manager have some balls and learn some lessons. You understand? Mm. Don't be playing people because of their name. Play people because they do things. Because you're impressed with them. Skip, how have you not been impressed in the last two matches? Mm. More than anybody else, to be honest, in midfield. Mm. More than Hoiberg. More than Deli Ali on a work rate thing or whatever. Underbelly, we know what he can bring, but we know he floats in and out of game, so you can't really rely on him, to be honest. Like, but that's that's one thing. Have some balls and play who you want to play, bro. You understand? Then play your formation. I'm not saying it needs to be five at the back. He needs to find a formation, though. He needs to find one because it's four three three. It's not working really. It's not. It, it, it's it's. I, I think it wingers. works. He likes the wingers, but I think he needs to have three people behind Harry Kane, and he has to have two guys that sit there. You know when you talk about McTominay and Fred, you don't want them yeah. to defend. I want two solid that, guys that I can trust there. So you want a four-two-three-one? So you can also almost have like Skip and Hoiberg. If he's not going to go five at the back, mm. which to be honest, maybe suits our defense. Yeah. And Ganga right centre back. Romero, who played in the back three at Atlanta, yeah, mm. who's our new big signing, that will help him, surely. And yeah. then play whoever else as the other centre back. To be honest, they're useless anyway. But I would play Joe Roden, to be honest. I don't understand how Dyer is getting. And Dyer, yeah, yeah. he's been doing the same thing for a few years now. Whenever he gets to play, the guy just does long balls all the time. I feel like, there's been a bit of resurgence for Sanchez. He's been better than what he what he has been. 
I mean, yeah, last season it was let, atrocious. Let, let, me t- let me tell you something, yeah? I always say this. Did you remember Arsenal beat... Who did they beat in the FA Cup final? And Murta Saka played. Oh, it's Chelsea, Chelsea, I think. Yeah. yeah. They played with Murta Saka like 10 yards from his goalkeeper. They were playing deep. They were playing solid. They were playing defensive. Yeah. It's so easy. It's so much easier, sorry, to defend like that. Mm. Because you're not exposed. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Your concentration is everything in front of you. Your concentration is not about shit. This is going in behind you because there's no space. So it's a different type of defending and, 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 and you can get away with 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 it when you're playing a lot more deeper, you understand. Yeah. Um, so, as I said, for me, player back five, Sanchez as 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 I, he's better than Dyer for me. He is. I, I think he's better than Dyer. Really. Um, yeah. But yeah, Joe, why not? Like, find your best team and do it as quick as you can. But well, you, I yeah. understand it's difficult because we started with three wins, three clean sheets. Mm. So you're kind of thinking, all right, I'm happy with this. So there's no need to throw in this person, that person, this person. Then you had a few injuries. Then we had the madness that happened with the Argentinian players and stuff. So he's, he's it's had, happening again. <laughs> They've been called up again. Uh, I know, I know. So we've had little issues come and, and, and it's not been easy for him. I'm not going to say it's been easy, but... I don't know. I don't know how long you want me to go on about this. I don't, my man, I, like, I, I just think with the, with the Spurs, but, I think with Nuno, he's, he's had he's had it tough in it. He's obviously come in yeah, difficult easy, situation. He's not, he's not had it easy, but it's it's, it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to. I think he's got you know bounce back. You got the, I know you got the Europe 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 on Thursday. Yeah, and then yeah, got Villa, th- which is going to be a hard game, man. Yeah, it's I think, I think you guys game. need the international break, kind of to a reset. And change things and I don't even know what we need. You know what we needed? We needed this match here. Mm. I'm gonna tell you something. There were so many times of the Pochettino we started the season kind of not great, not terrible, but not great. You understand? Like yeah. just decent. And then we would play Arsenal usually around November time. Mm. And we'd usually play well in that game. We might not always win. Obviously, we ain't one of the Emirates for, for times. But we would, we would play well. I remember, like, we went there and we're not drawing in the end. Well, we drew bare time, but we drew in the end. I remember when Danny Rose played in Harry Kane down the left and Harry Kane slotted it past Pat Cech. I think they scored a late equaliser, late, late equaliser. Um, obviously, Chadley had that one where he scored. And we played well there for yeah. a few years. But got a lot of draws. Um, but that usually was the kickstart of our season. Really pushed us into gear. We play that game. We'd see, look, this is a game that matters to us. And we've got ourselves to a level now because we're applying ourselves because it's the North London derby. So we use that as a measuring stick and then say, now this is the, the heights you've got to hit every week. You understand? And it was kind of like that. So... But we're so far away from that right now, man. It's worrying times. As I said, mistake after mistake after mistake from board level. Um, I said Graham Potter should have been the one that we had to target. I heard a paper talk that he wouldn't have come anyway because that he wouldn't risk his reputation on the Daniel Levy. And you can understand that. 
And as you said, look, there you go. There's the downfall on the club, isn't it? But yeah. yeah. I mean, just just quickly, obviously, to touch upon Arsenal. I know you, you know, that's three wins consecutively, you know, before the international break. Obviously, everyone was calling for Arteta's head. He's turned it around. You know, he's won a lot of games. The momentum's now kind of back. He's kind of got a system going. Um, and what do you what do you think about his new signings? You know, I know he's, he's he, you know he got Ram, um, Ramsdale in goal, that, uh, the Japanese right back, um, Odegaard as well. He's, he seems like he's playing really well. Um, I mean, look, look, you want my honest truth? Listen, people can say I'm biased, <laughs> but at Tommy Asu, I, I think he's a decent player. I think he's yeah. do decent for them. I wanted him, um, and then we we ducked out on it. We, he wanted to come. He was ready to join. We ducked that on it, and then in the end, we got tied up Royale in it. Um, but I mean, who have they got the victories in? I mean, they got they beat they beat Norwich. They, they beat, beat Norwich at home. Let's be honest. Oh, you know, you know Norwich are whipping we don't boy, but... say, We don't need to say nothing about Norwich. They went to Burnley. Well done. Yeah, they had to battle for that win, and and, and they got it. I mean, on the day, maybe you would argue a draw would probably might have been a fair result. I don't know. I didn't watch the game like that, so I won't really comment like that. But from the highlights that I saw, it seemed like an even game in it. But well done, they came away with a win. But they had to battle for their win. You know what I mean? Obviously, when you go to Burnley, you're going to have to do that anyway. Um, and then they played us. And we played like that. So, I don't know. Look. Confidence is building, and that's all you can do. Beat who's in yeah. front of you and build your confidence and then keep going. I'd, um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the momentum's definitely on Arteta's side. A bit of pressure off him now. Yeah. You know, so he's, he's just got to go into the next game and build on that. And obviously, Bang Yang's now getting, getting some goals under his belt, so they kind of would look to him to kind of form partnership with Smith, Rowe, and, and Saka, the front three. So, so frustrating, man. Yeah, <laughs> frustrating, and you know, hopefully, you know, Kane finds a shooting. Make boots. a man look, make a man look good out here, man. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a drawing back to the drawing boards for Spurs. I, I mean, you know, there's enough. The one good thing about you know the Premier League and all this, like the football, that you can't dwell on 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 on, you know, on it too much because yeah, there's always yeah. a game. It moves on, moves on, moves on, on. It moves so on, quick. And I'll be there Sunday. I know this petrol thing is yeah, <laughs> it's fucking it's everyone a bit peak out here. I got a full tank today. Yeah. So I was obviously if I didn't get a full tank, I wouldn't be going nowhere. Um, I wasn't sure if we were at home. So yeah, we're at home. So um, we're playing Villa. I'll turn up, and if I get pissed off, then I'll come on here and I'll run again. <laughs> um, nah, that's cool. Yeah, but moving on to the next game, we're going to analyze um, Chelsea at home against Man City. Well, wow. you know, a bit of a bit of a surprise. I don't know if you want to call it a surprise or a bit of a wasn't expecting it, but Chelsea lost one nil to Man City. Um, great taken goal by Jesus, kind of done well to get his feet together, get a few uh, and the goal, you know, to, to shoot and get it into the goal. But I thought the performance was off by Chelsea in this game. I thought uh, Pep came with a good positive attitude because normally, you know, Tuchel's got the better of him. But but to, today, uh, you know, that game was a bit different. Uh, I thought the performance by Man City, you know, they looked very menacing. They really, really pressed Chelsea and they really deserved the victory. Um, so, you know, 
I think Pep, you know, gets credit for that, for that, you know, kind of not, not out, not out, not, um, out foxing too cool, but kind of getting the better of him. I think Chelsea just uh, underwhelmed, I think, to, um, in that game. But what, what did you think? Sorry, I was just reading Paul Merton talking bollocks again. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, man, look, Man City were on it from the beginning. They were pressing them really well. Um, Chelsea didn't even have a shot on target in the whole game. Like, so that kind of tells you. Um, we know Chelsea are kind of attacking team. We know the Champions League final, what happened. But the thing that stood out for me was the formation of Chelsea. Yeah. Because they reverted away from what they usually They went with um, basically like a 5-3-2 with Lukaku and Werner up front and um, Kante, Jorginho and Kovacic in midfield. Obviously, they ended the match, the second half mm. against us, reverting to that formation because they struggled. Well, the manager didn't like what he was seeing the first half. But I, I think every game's different. I think he should have gone back to his default formation. It's yeah. hindsight, yeah. but I was interested when he started that formation to think, hmm, what, what does he think that going forward this is going to be the thing now? Um, obviously, he's seen something that he likes about Lukaku and Werner, so, and he knows the counter-attack with... Um, Havertz and um, Werner in the Champions League final did damage to Man City, really threatened them. Um, but, yeah, they just couldn't get out of Chelsea yeah, in midfield. They, yeah. they, they had no connection between midfield and attack where they're used to having Mount and Havertz in that kind of floating position behind Lukaku. And that links the midfield, the, the two midfielders, whether it's Jorginho and Kovacic or Jorginho and Kante. So, yeah, man. Look, full credit to Man City. Um, the guy that Pep said wanted to leave, I, I don't know if he wanted to leave. I think City were trying to push him out, to be honest. Bernardo mm. Silva. He's, he's been brilliant. But this is what Man City have in their squad, man. Like, mm. It was... Like, all of a sudden now, like, look at Morris. Morris is nowhere to be seen now. Where last season, Morris had his best season yeah. for Man City because he was playing. Where Bernardo was now dashed out. Yeah. Where the season before, if I'm right, was, was the season where Bernardo was kind of killing. Or I, yeah, might be wrong about that. I might be wrong about that, actually. Because he was, he he was, was playing. playing. But... He was, he was, Bernardo was brilliant in the season that we played him in the Champions League. Mm. And then I think maybe he had a quiet season the year after and then obviously Morris had that strong season last season so yeah like you know they're still doing this this Jesus playing out wide thing but I think it's working I think but Jesus it, was yeah it, it's working because he's he's got a great attitude about him Jesus you know he'll play out wide and he'll work back I don't like Phil Foden as a false number nine I never no. have I don't think he's good at it I don't think it's a good position for him. I can get that muscle. That just, yeah. So, I mean, he survived an awful long time in the game, mm. but because um, without the ball, the way they were doing it, they were pressing and stuff. And, and to be honest, 
They could have had more than one. Um, Chelsea kind of fought back a bit late and, and had some opportunities, but in the end, it was, it was a very comfortable victory for our City. I think City look a, a lot more menacing now with De Bruyne back. I know he has had his injury problems. And, oh, 100%. But, but Grealish, you know, I think he's kind of settled in now. I think settled into this Man City team. I mean, he created a couple of opportunities. He was menacing down that left-hand side, cutting in a couple of shots. I feel he's settled in quite well at Man City. And he's, you know, the pressure, I don't say the pressure's on, on him because, you know, he's a hundred hundred million pound man, but it seems that he's, he doesn't look out of sorts in that Man City team. He's connecting quite well with, with everyone else. And there is he, a I think he's pressure settled. on him, I think, because he's played every single match. Yeah. I think that's the pressure. But, but he's deserved to play. Seeing, we're not seeing, yeah. you know, Pep likes to rotate. And the only yeah. person he doesn't really, well, he was, he did rotate him a bit last season, even yeah. Kevin De Bruyne. We know without Kevin De Bruyne and with Kevin De Bruyne, Man City are two very different teams. As great as their squad is, he's so huge for him. So, as he would be for any team. But I think they've got to be careful. With, with that yeah, I think he's kind of, you know, when De Bruyne is not in the team, you know, others had to kind of take over the mantle. I mean, last season when De Bruyne was injured, it was Gundogan who stepped up to the plate for a while. Yeah. So, I think Pep's got to be careful with De Bruyne because he's getting injuries more and more but then I think it's the onus on the other players to kind of step up to the to the point that maybe Grealish could be that guy for them to step up to them and obviously you know like you mentioned the price tag on his head but his performances have, have warranted him a position in the team I think it was a different aggressive Man City team that I think was required and yeah I think Chelsea just weren't at the races and Lukaku again and when you're playing against a big team I think he was quiet in the game and Again, that's always going to be a, a criticism of Lukaku, you know, when you're playing against the bigger teams. I know he was impactful in the Arsenal game and, you know, it was kind of an influence of the Tottenham game. But you know, these are the type of games where you're looking for individuals to kind of step up to the plate. And, yeah. and I felt Romelu didn't, didn't really, wasn't really in the game. I hear you. I, I just think the, the fact that the formation it seemed like it didn't work. Yeah. He almost has a buy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where we're going to say, okay, it was more the manager's fault than Lukaku didn't turn up. You know what I mean? Yeah, he yeah. did have a quiet game, but everyone had a quiet game. But I thought Diaz was immense again at the back. You know, man mountain at the back for them. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna be there or thereabouts this season, man. Well, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, looking at the other fixtures. We're going to run it in order. How it happened. From three o'clock kickoff. So, okay, perfect. Because I think we'll be here for a while. <laughs> um, Old Trafford. Yeah, best place. At the same time, innit? Yeah. It's a Chelsea Man City game. Yeah. Um, Aston Villa got a 1 0 win. Um, Courtney Hawes, very late in the game, scored from a corner. It's a good header, to be honest. Mm. Um, Drama wasn't over because Manchester United actually got a penalty in injury time. Um, a handball from Courtney Horse. That was mm. awful. A blatant handball. Um, and then Bruno won the battle to take the penalty, grabbed the ball, put on the spot, and then ballooned it over the crossbar. Um, so another defeat. Um, I usually stop you in your rants, mm. but I think 
because we've only done two matches, I know we spent a lot of time in the Tottenham one, probably took about four matches talking about that match. Um, but yeah, um, another defeat for Oli. Pressure on him. Really now heating up. From a fan perspective, you know, as, as, a, as a fan looking at Man United, you know, it, it's ain't good enough. And you would like to think, you know, the writing's on the wall for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because it should be on the wall. Because for me, I've said it for a long, long time, this guy is not good enough to manage Manchester United. The experiment is over. The PE teacher's had his time in the sun. Now he needs to just take his bags and go into the sunset because he's had a good run. But let, let the elite, of the elite takeover because all I'm seeing from Manchester United from start to finish is mediocrity. We, like the same, every game, don't matter if it's Aston Villa or anyone else, the, the same type of game I see week in, week out. We, we, we start off quite brightly for the first 20 minutes, then we drop off and we invite this pressure. And then the same again with this, this game. Here, Aston Villa were fantastic from start to finish. They pressed us, they harassed us, they wanted it more than us. We just didn't have the tempo to match match them. And we're at, we're at home. When you're at Old Trafford, we're supposed to be dominating these teams. No disrespect to Aston Villa, we should be dominating and dealing with these teams. But Sorry, we can't you did, do. You did have twenty eight shots. But we need we need to have a bit more conviction. We're not. I know. I know. But is that the manager's fault? It's the setup. It's a, the set again. The the midfield is a problem. You know, Maguire again. You know, he was he was poor. I mean, I mean, the one person I want to get, give uh, credit to is David de Gea. David de Gea for me has been fantastic this season. He's got us out of trouble, but we're struggling to beat these teams. It's a concern. We even played the top four yet. We struggled against Wolves. We struggled against Southampton. We should have lost to Wolves. But then it all comes down to a moment of individual brilliance. Time and time again, what Oli's waiting for. He's not utilising the team. And I know we spoke about this before. And I have to agree with you, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, man. He doesn't get forward enough. He's great defensively, but we need a bit more from him. You know what? It's not that he doesn't get forward. He's, he gets no forward end product. And he doesn't... No, he doesn't even try to do anything. Because he know he has no confidence in his ability to cross a ball, to, to get to a byline and, and, and link up with someone and, and you know what I mean? He, he just no confidence in that to drive into a box, even like 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 Matt Cash did against oh, Everton, fantastic. Something oh, like that. He he can't do that. He doesn't want to do that. And listen, he has his 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 um is, is positives. We know it's great defensively, but then it just kind of makes you think, like, should he be all right back then? Do you need to change the system? Not just for him, but maybe for this team now. But Maybe this, change the system. But this, is, but this is the problem. This is what pre-season's for. We have a squad. You know, this is an opportunity to look at the squad, analyse what happened last season, and try to rectify the situation. The only defense I give on the preseason thing is that these preseason for the last couple of years have been really short. Yeah, no, I get, I get that. Haven't really had much time with your full squad. Oh my god, name Oshu's squad. Oh, one nil. Yeah, that's yeah, a Champions yeah. League game that Remy's referring to. <laughs> sorry, <today. Yeah>. sorry <laughs> I had to sorry, get that sorry. one in. 
on. Yeah, but I know what you're saying, but like I said, what, what are you doing in training? That's that's the thing. You've got all these players. They should be uh, a step. There should be a development. It's a, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult time to change things, but I think he has to be worried. He has to be worried now that, look, okay, I've got certain tools. What can I do? What, what tools? What adjustments can I make it, it, to find the best out of this? Because I'm just trying to have this same setup and squeeze players into it, if you know what I mean. He's running these players to the ground. The same players into the ground. Maguire and Shaw are injured now. Run them into the ground. He, I mean, the prime example I'm going to give you for last season is Twan Zabi. The golden opportunity to develop that player. The game against uh, PSG away, where we won, he was fantastic. That was the that was the opportunity for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to look at the team and say, yeah, we need to let this guy, this guy play more. Mm. And that's the problem. When certain individuals play, there's no, there's no momentum. And then when we change the team, the arrogance from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and the coaches were expected to, to, to turn out a performance, but these players don't hardly play. Yeah, I know what you're saying. The rust. They've got to get off the ring rust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the West Ham performance last week in the, in the Cup, yeah, we peppered them 28. There was, you know, half of these players they played, I mean, Alex Tellez was injured. He come back and injured. Donny hasn't even, don't even get me started with Donny van der Beek. Other players that have not even played, Dallo hasn't really played, but he get, you know, you know, he's just come back in. He was he was brilliant with AC Milan. I mean, that's something that he could have looked at in the, when he came back. I mean, the thing about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in the press conferences, he talks about, oh, you know, oh, Donny van der Beek's so important. But why are you not playing him? If he's if he's well, that he's important, not, he's, not, he's not. He's lying, isn't he? He's not. Yeah, but, but why come out? Why come out and just say say that he's important? Yeah, I, I don't know why because he's not important. Because if he was uh, well, uh, that we can we can he'd we at can... least come on like with at least. Half an hour, twenty minutes to go. That's an important player. This guy comes on with like two seconds to go. He should have gone to. He should have let him go to Everton. But he's holding these players, man. He's holding them. I mean, and and Fred and Tom. Fred has been awful all season. All season, gives the ball away. It's just shocking. And McTominay, I, I, listen, I, I, yes, we could talk about how good his energy and what he gives to Manchester United, but that's, that's not good enough. It's mediocrity. We're, 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 we're settling. We shouldn't be settling Man United. We should be closer to your Liverpools, your Man Cities, your Chelsea's. And, and the one common denominator is Oli. Liverpool have got uh, Klopp. Man City have got Pep. Chelsea got Tuchel. And we got Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. He's awful. It's time to go. But he won't go because the Glazers, they're in an idle situation. As long as Oli... In a in a realistic world, how many how many matches? Me, I'll just tell you what I think. I think yeah. I said it to you anyway. I, I realistically, it's the next few matches. I think if he drops points in the Champions League again, are you at home? Yeah, we're at home tomorrow. Home, home to Villarreal. If you yeah, drop points, Villarreal. If you drop points in that, and then you drop points to Everton, and your next league match, then then I think. Obviously, if he was to lose both of them, then I think 100% he should go. But if he yeah. drops points, then I think they really need to review and have some sort of board of confidence or whatever the fuck they do. Nah, listen. That's just my opinion. What about you? Yeah. Obviously, I, you yeah. hate him anyway, so you're going to say... No, but I'm, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give an opinion on this, yeah? Well, I, would, I think he should have gone after the Villarreal game because it's criminal. It's a cardinal sin. Villarreal this... 
the the, the Europa League final. Oh yeah, we know gone. that. But yeah, but that's 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 gone. Though. That's done. I'm saying uh, now in this now. Situation. Well, it should, realistically, it been... realistically, not what you want because you want him gone now. But realistically, what what would you would you say just a Villarreal game if he loses that he should be straight gone or. Well, I think he should have been. He should have been gone. He should have been gone after the, the the Villa game, to be honest with you. But I know this guy. I know. I know the club are going to keep him to the end of the season. That's 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 the that's it. The only way that this guy's going to get sacked if he doesn't get top four, because it, when he gets them top four, it lines the Glazers' pockets, and they'll be able to take their dividend at the end. They're happy with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They're ha- he's he fits the mold of a yes man. He's not going to ask too much. And look at the situation. They've kind of put accountability onto Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because they're giving him what he wants in terms of the players. He got Varane, he got Sancho, and he got the bonus of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. He got given a new contract, more money in his pocket, and he's you know. And, and, the, and the Glazers now, what they've done is they've given him. There's no excuses now. So if he doesn't f- fulfill that objective by getting the top four, that's money out of the Glazers' pockets. Then he's gone. Everyone else, the Greenwoods and the Matt Judges of this world, they love Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he fits the, the purpose, that fits the narrative so well as a yes man. They don't want to go down the route like they have been in the past with, with guys like Jose or Van Gaal with reputations because Ole's, a, Ole's the guy who understands what the Man United culture is and that's what they're trying to embed. They're trying to do things on the cheap, hoping that Ole somehow miraculously gets it right and starts to win trophies. But unfortunately, what's happening is this, this is his level now. It's not going to improve. The performances are not going to improve. You can add more players to that team, star quality players, and it still be the same. There's a common denominator and it's only going to Solskjaer. But as long as it gets enough for top four, he ain't going anywhere. All right, let's move on. Um, let's go Goodison Park. Norwich were the visitors. Um, Rafa Minitas have bounced back from the def- 3-0 defeat away at Aston Villa last weekend. Um, Andros Townsend getting another goal, scoring a penalty on the half an hour mark. Um, and then Abdoulaye Decore made it 2-0, comfortable victory. I mean, as we said, Norwich just, boy, well, it's just... I, I mean, I, I watched that game, the, the cup game against Liverpool. Mm. The amount of chances that they missed was shambolic. Oh, okay. oh my god! I mean, Liverpool deserved to win three 0 It wasn't even a game where it was supposed to be three 0 but the chances Norwich had, the sitters that they missed, yeah, they deserve to go down, man. Not enough quality, and, and the manager as well. He just adopted the same tactics from yeah, when they last came into. Last time, yeah. So I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. Norwich needs to go down, man. Back to the Championship, man. Um, Batland Road Leeds entertained West Ham Leeds took the lead in this one Rafinha again Rafinha was on a one-man mission it looked like at one point um, lovely finish for his goal he then tried the same finesse finish on his left foot sweet left foot he got hit the post um, but West Ham battled, battled back in the second half um, an own goal from Junior Furpo, a shot from Bowen, took two deflections um, on his way in. But that one's the own goal. And in the 90th minute, the fantastic Mikel Antonio <laughs> scored a, a winner for West Ham. Lovely goal. Lovely goal. Um, 
just knocked it round the defender, got on the other end, slotted it, coolly slotted it. Um, West Ham, man, they're just they're yeah, making got, the right noise, man. I mean, David, yeah, they Moyes. bounced back. They got that defeat. Was it last weekend to you? Yeah, yeah last lot, weekend yeah. to you lot, and they just bounced back straight back. Leeds still no victories this season. We said it before about being worried about them, but I mean, how many games are we in now? Six games, no wins. That's, that's, that's not a good sign. Mm. Um, Leicester, Leicester at home to Burnley. It was a 2 2 draw. Leicester dropped more points. Jamie Vardy scored an own goal. He then equalised. Their new signing, Maxwell Cornet, scored a decent goal with five minutes left um, in the first half. And with five minutes left in the game, Jamie Vardy scored again. Um, 2 2. Leicester dropped a few points this season, mm. man. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing there's a couple of grumbles about yeah. Brendan. Um, I don't know if Leicester fans should really be doing that, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, if he goes, they're up. I think it's coming to that that eight that the end the, the cycle now because I think yeah there've been a lot of grumbles obviously I know Madison um, he didn't play did he yeah and also the fact that I think a lot of fans are saying about Brendan Rodgers doesn't have a plan Plan B when plan when B. Plan A don't work I, I, yeah I think they're going I'm not at the moment they're going a bit backwards and some of their signings I mean I know Vestergaard I mean he, he was he, he was alright for Southampton but. I'm not sure. I he's just... still got a bed in. He's still got a bed in. Yeah, he's got time to get in. Yeah, um, I, I do like I, I do like the look of I'm a Dermot Lookman. I mean, give him yeah, time. I think. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, nothing like a Nigerian hater blood in the vicinity, <laughs> blood. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um... <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, Jesus. More Nigerians, man. <laughs> Watford at home. We're everywhere, blood. <laughs> Watford at home to Newcastle. It was a 1-1 draw. I mean, Steve Bruce gets a lot of slack, but to be honest, he's picking up a lot of points. Yeah. He's not getting the victories, but... Keeping his they're, head, they're, head above they're battling, water. They're battling, right? Yeah. Head above water, bro. I, they way. could have won this game mm. um, from the little bits that I was hearing. Um, had good opportunities. Um... St. Maximan. They took the lead through Sean Longstaff in the 23rd mm. minute. St. Maximan with the assist. Again, he's such an influence. He's killing it right now. I, I think someone said it last week or someone said it before. Maybe Perry said it on this before. I'm not sure. Without him, they're fucked. Yeah. So, um, and then Ishmael Asar got himself another goal um, as he equalised. And um, Watford and Newcastle shared the points. And then the final game on the Saturday was the evening kickoff at Brentford. Liverpool were the visitors. Crazy game here. Mm. Um, are Brentford unbeaten so far? I believe no, so. No, no, they lost. No, to they lost. I, I yeah. always say that. I keep saying that. Yeah. I keep saying that. They lost to Brian. Um, anyway, they took the lead in this game. Ethan Pinnock, we were talking about him last week. Yeah. He, 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 he gave them the lead. Didn't take long for Liverpool to equalise. Diogo Jota. I didn't really see um, much of the goals in this. I'm trying to think. Um, then Mo Salah scored another goal for the season um, as he put Liverpool in front. 
Gano, who I'm impressed with, he equalized for Brentford. Then Liverpool went back in front. Curtis Jones um, hit a thunderbolt from the edge area, took a slight deflection. Um, and then with just eight minutes left, um, substitute for Brentford. Is it Wissa? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he scored um, another equaliser for Brentford. So Brentford going strong, man. Share yeah. the points with Liverpool. They'll be absolutely delighted with that, man. Um, yeah. And they've really impressed so far this season. Especially say. at home, man. Well, both, well, home and away, but home, man, they're looking difficult to beat, man. Yeah, so that... they look strong, man. They look strong. Their front two is a threat, as I said. Um, and they've got real workers in midfield that can play football as well. Um, Sunday, the first game on the Sunday, was a bit of a battle at St. Mm. Mary's. Wolves, with Jimenez's first goal since his horrific injury, um, got them the the only goal of the game, got them the win. Um, Southampton were were strong first half, from what I was hearing, really strong. Second half, Wolves slowly started to play themselves into the game. Um, in the end, I think Jimenez could have had a couple. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's a that's a big win for. It's good Wolves. to see Jimenez back on Jimenez. the goals. Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Um, yeah, a defeat for Hasselhoodle at home. That's a kind of game you wouldn't want to lose, to be nah. honest. Yeah, I think he's got to um, be careful. It, yeah. I don't know if he's got a threat of losing his job, but yeah, it's one of them jobs you, you kind of don't want to... Next thing you know, you're a free fall. Um, mm. And then Monday night, um, a derby, so-called derby, Crystal Palace and Brighton. It ended one apiece. A penalty right on half-time from um, Wolfram Zaha gave Palace the lead. And then injury, injury time, Neil Mope equalised crazy scenes man. Mm. it was crazy scenes <laughs> out there um, with the Brighton fans um, and Brighton going along strongly man Mopé seems like he's getting his head down and scoring goals man he's well, become very important and this is a discussion we had at the beginning of the season about uh, goals if they can mm. get goals get a guy who can who can reach about 12 12 to 15 goals then Brighton will have a good season because it's achievable. the rest of their team is very solid. They have a good organisation. They're good with the ball. Um, they're very organised without the ball. They have threat from set pieces. Yeah, Brighton a good team. Um, and Graham Potter. Yeah, Mr. Chance to get the top of the league. But, I mean, I'm being impressed with Potter, man. I know, I know obviously, you wanted, a, wanted him at Spurs. He's just making the right noise at Brighton. Mm. They'll get just doing the right things, and you know, at this point, it's just getting as much points as possible for Brighton because the first thing they want to be nowhere near the relegation zone. So yeah, they've been they've been good, man. So let's look at the table now. Um, the bottom three consists of Norwich, Rock Bottom, Burnley, and then Leeds, all without a victory this season. Also without a victory this season are. In 17th, Newcastle and Southampton in 16th. Yeah. Then Crystal Palace in 15th. Um, Wolves have moved up to 14th after their 1 0 win. Leicester moved down to 13th. Jeez. Watford moved down to 12th. Spurs, shockingly, 
move out of the top half. Arsenal, yeah. who were bottom after three games, have moved above Spurs, who were top, which apparently is the first time that's happened. Their goal difference is exactly the same, though. So, yeah. wankers at Arsenal don't get themselves <laughs> too excited. Um, Brentford, as we said, started really strong. They were in ninth. Villa, as well, started really competitively. They were in eighth. West Ham, seventh. Brighton, sixth. Everton in that fifth yeah. place, that European place at the moment. And the top four is the top four that people fancy to finish the season. What order it will be, who knows? Yeah. But it's um, Manchester United fourth, Chelsea third, Manchester City second. They move up um, with that massive win. And then top of the tree, separated by a point on 14 points, is Liverpool. Um, Man City, Chelsea, Manchester United, all on 13 points, joined also on 13 points by Everton. As I said, Brighton have had a good start. Um, so that's the table. Um, let's look to the fixtures for this weekend. Yeah, the some weekend interesting fixtures. Um, the early kickoff on the Saturday, Old Trafford, Manchester United versus Everton. A huge game now for Oli. Mm. Um, huge, huge game for him. And three got kickoffs Burnley at home to Norwich, Chelsea at home, Southampton. Mm. Leeds welcome Watford, Wolves at home to Newcastle, and then the five thirty kickoff is from the Amex, where it's Brighton hosting Arsenal, and then on Sunday, two two o'clock kickoffs: Crystal Palace at home to Leicester, Tottenham at home to Aston Villa. Ah, oh, they shagged you, man, again. Oh, bro. sorry, just three yeah. games at two, um, and West Ham at home to Brentford, and then four thirty big clash between Liverpool. And Man City. That's at 4 Um That's everything, man. Yeah. That's um, it, yeah, so... Yeah, we'll get this one out there. And... Um, yeah, we'll be back next week to review um, that week section. Um, yeah, the yeah, national break after that, this one. Oh, you know. Jesus, is it a national break? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it comes around, man. So quickly, man. Um, after these random games, I mean, national break. And then back back again in uh, some point in uh, in October. Oh, uh, 16th of October of the games. Um, yeah, well, David, safe, people, yeah. bless. Peace.